You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, everyone. I am so excited because I have Tom Brickman on the line and he goes by the Frugal Gay on Twitter. He's one of my Twitter besties and I'm so excited to have him on. Hey, Tom, how are you? Hey, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's been a long time coming, but I'm so excited that you're finally on the show because I want to talk about your story. So, Tom, I'll give you a little heads up and then he'll go into more detail, but he pretty much took his job as a manager at a movie theater and selling eBay and turn that into real estate, which now he has over 20 doors. So I wanted to bring him on to share his story to encourage some people that may be in the same position now that, hey, look, you you could do this too. So let's just hop right into that, Tom. Let's start at the very beginning. First of all, how did you get started in selling on eBay? I got started by default, and this is the early 2000s, and I I had tuition reimbursement for school, but that did not cover books or parking or your dorm or anything. So I actually started selling on eBay by default because I needed to, and I needed books for the semester, and I started with purses, and I started with purses because they were $1.50, and they were a good name brand, and the people of Toledo, Ohio really didn't like them, but I knew that someone else was going to want these purses because they were a great name brand, so eBay didn't even have buy it now, and I sold them. There was a black and a white purse, and I sold them two at a time every week, and I was selling those $1.50 purses for $60 or $70 a piece and shipping them all over the country. So that was the eBay beginnings, and I'm like, wow, I could actually do something with this. And that was like from like a $50 shopping cart full of purses. Like, I could do this. Wow, that is a heck of a flip, first of all. Um, But also just having the, um, you know, awareness to jump into this type of business where you're taking stuff that is super low cost. You know, uh, I follow you, so I know, you know, you shop at the thrift stores and estate sales and things like that. And then you flip it on eBay and Honestly, I'm surprised every time I I hear about one of your hauls and things like that. Like, I know you did something similar with bras. I did do bras. I did those later on and I did a truckload of bras and they were up in Ohio. I had my whole family helping me. My grandma was sitting there with a butter knife peeling clearance (laughs) stickers off these bras with me. Like I had black Sharpie all over my fingers. Um, So, yeah, I will do whatever. And I've stuck with I worked at The Gap at the time, so I knew that the women were the people that were coming in and shopping. So I've stuck with what I know because even now when I sell stuff, I do sell men's stuff. However, it doesn't sell like the women's stuff. So I lean in on the small, easy-to-ship items, bras, purses, makeup, and that has been my bread and butter because those are the people that are shopping. And... um, People are very brand loyal and like scent loyal. So if you get a discontinued scent, like that's another one that I've done really well with over the years. People want that scent if it's a popular one. Like I've gotten some duds and I'll put it into like a mystery box and sell it off if I can't sell it that way. But um, yeah, I've stuck with small, easy to ship items. I've never gone into the um, expensive items or the um, heavy items. 
Mm, that's a good point because I feel like some people think, oh, if I sell on eBay, I have to get stuff that's high dollar and then use that. Maybe my markup is not that great, but that's what people want because you're talking about dollar purses and you're marking them up tremendously, $60. So that was when they were bidding. They were bidding them up to $60. What? I was, yeah, I had my little reserve. I think I was trying to get 30 bucks for them, but they always went $60, $70. That's wild. The bras were not that great of a market. They were like, like around a dollar to two dollars and then i ended up selling them for nine and people are like why would you have all this hassle well when you have a truckload and you're paying two and you're selling them for nine that adds up real quick and that really propelled me with real estate like i remember when that went through and i'm like all right i'm putting a down payment on this one with this this is bra money right here and uh <laughs> i mean i think that's a fun story too i i when i sold that one and i did sell that one i'm like do you know how many bras i had to peel off stickers to buy this place <laughs> like and and that's what it was you they were clearance bras from one store that a discount store got they left all the clearance stickers all over them i can't turn around and sell them for nine dollars if they have a one or a two dollar sticker on them so it, that was the most time consuming which took over a week to just peel stickers off bras but you got a house out of it so <laughs> i sure did and i got a fun story about a truckload of, of bras and i just um yeah it got me to where i wanted to be i knew working at a movie theater I started at 32,000 right when I left in late 2021, I was at 78,000 and that was a span of 15 years. That salary paid my bills. It was nights and weekends, but that salary was not going to help me buy real estate. And that salary was not enough to grow to where I wasn't going to have to rely on that movie theater job for the rest of my life. So eBay was my answer. That was like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to sell enough. And I would do that. I just... Starting in 2009, um, I went to the bank for a loan and they're like, oh my gosh, you have debt. This We're not going to give you anything. Um, you need to. So I went and I got a job at Ross working part time and I would like make my little two or three hundred dollars a week and I would drive across the street to Citibank and I'd hand them the whole check and I paid off. It took me a year to pay off my 17000 And then once I did that, I'm like, OK, if I could do that in six months or eight months, however, however long it took me to make that money. I'm like, I can do this once a year and I can use that 12,000, 15,000 as down payments on these houses. So I bought the first one in 2009 and I just made it a goal to do one a year because I didn't want to leave the movie theater and go to another movie theater. I wanted to build something myself. And that was my way of, of doing it. So with that being said, what made you decide that you wanted to even have real estate? Like, how did you make that goal um, where you said, you know what, I want real estate? Where did that come from? It actually goes back to college again. And it was I wanted to buy a house because my rent was $375 and it was going up to 400 And I'm like, I can't pay this crazy number. And I know that this is like Toledo, Ohio, 2003. But I went and they're like, you make $8 an hour. We can like approve you for nothing. And then my grandma and the mortgage broker on the same day are like, buy a duplex. They're like, if you do this duplex, we can use the rent to qualify you for like a hundred thousand dollar house. And I'm like a hundred thousand dollars. You're right now. I'm qualified for like 26,000. Let's do it. I'll, I'll live next to someone. So I have my own place. So I was house hacking without calling it house hacking. My grandma was also like, buy yourself a duplex, let them help with the mortgage. So at 21, I bought a duplex. I cashed in my gap stock. So I wasn't handed money. I, I had been purchasing gap stock. It was part of the employee program that they had at the time. And I cashed it all in. 
And I used that as my down payment. I put $9,000 down. I had $10,000 in stock because I started when I was 16. And um, it wasn't a home run because I was a terrible landlord at the beginning. Like I was fighting with my tenant over like things that I look back on now. And I'm like, why was I even picking this fight? Like that just makes no sense. But I think being 21, you need to make those mistakes. Like I recently just shared about Mm -hmm. after I moved out, I had a storage locker down in the basement and one of the tenants there decided to just break in and steal my stuff. And Mm. I certainly didn't follow any rules. I had a friend help me break back into my own house and I stole all my stuff right back out of his house. And well, he was at the club. Um, So I was a terrible landlord at the beginning, but seeing that early on and seeing like, Hey, this person downstairs is going to pay me 600 and my mortgage is $738 with tax and insurance. Yeah. I'd love living for $138. And yes, it's not truly $138. I had to fix broken furnaces and, and do lawn care and all that. But that was the start. And I still own that one 20 years later. I'm 41 now. And that property that I bought when I was 21 is one of my favorites in my portfolio because it's a cash cow at this point. It, everything's been fixed by me over the last 20 years. So it's got the new windows and the new roof and the new plumbing and all that. And I saw that there and I'm like, I can replicate this. How can I do it in Dallas? Because when I got to Dallas, they're like rent $675 here. And I'm like, oh my, I was paying 400 and freaking out in Toledo. And I got down here and they're like 675. And I'm like, I need to figure this out quick down here. So I did. Yes, yes. And, you know, as you're talking, because I'm learning more about your story and I'm like, there are so many similarities there um, between you and I. And one of those is being declined for something, you know, um, them saying you don't make enough, you know, you have debt, whatever the case may be. And that really started my trajectory as well. So sometimes it's those setbacks that really propel you forward. And then I also wanted to hit on using those employee benefits, y'all. I always tell people, use your benefits. I love employee benefits. And that's one that a lot of people overlook is the employee stock options. And you use that to build up a little nest egg. And then when you left, you said, I'm cashing out. (laughs) And for sure did. And I used it for my tuition reimbursement, which is another one that people sleep on Mm -hmm. a lot. If that's offered, like I got three classes reimbursed every semester as long as I got my B minus or better there was one time I got a C plus and I was devastated because I had to bite (laughs) the bullet and I actually took the class over again um but I had to pay for it that semester and I'm like man you need to just work a little bit harder to get that B minus so um I think those things because those are available still at a lot of places. Like if you take business classes, you can get tuition reimbursement. If you There's stock purchase plans where you can get it at a discounted rate for the time that you were working. I think that those are things that can really propel people and like move them ahead. And they weren't moving my needle quite enough. And that's where eBay kind of like, okay, if that's I combined true. all of these, that's superpower where you can make it work and you can like buy a property every year or you can buy, you know, you can move the needle enough. So I'm not paying, you know, I'm floored at what rents have become now. And it's like $2,000 for a large one bedroom. And I'm like, I'm glad I bought when I bought because it's tough trying to navigate and figure out how do I make all of this work on this salary and this, you know, it's it's tough yeah and that's why getting creative is a big part of what i do 
is I'll figure it, if you don't want to do eBay, you can do Rover and do dog walking. You can, there's so many different, I have a friend that does cookies and it's crazy when I see his cookie order sheet. And yes, he spends a lot of weekends just hand decorating these cookies, but one, he likes it Two, He's really good at it. And three, that's the money that pushes him over to where he can take those nice vacations when he wants to, and he can stop taking cookie orders when he wants to. Um, and I love that. I think that's the key, you know, it's, it's not like you need to side hustle for life, but it's using that side hustle to kind of propel. And there's been times where I've done less eBay, but even now in financial independence with 24 doors, when I have a really expensive month and everything breaks, it's great when I can ramp up my eBay sales. I'm not a quick like buy and hold right when we were like starting up, I was telling you about how all the advent calendars are selling right now. I bought those a year ago and I knew that when I talked to people, I'm like, guys, I started with less than a hundred dollars on eBay and I was able to turn it into, you know, $500. And then instead of putting myself in debt and buying expensive iPads and Nikes, I focused on the small and expensive items that have great markups because people like this color of lipstick or they like this shade of foundation. So I think, um, getting creative and thinking outside the box kind of pushes you over, and keeps you moving forward because we can get stuck easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, during the time when I bought my house too, you know, I was only, I was making what, $15 an hour. Um, and I was doing Uber and Lyft. That was my side hustle. And I absolutely loved it. It did double duty for me because I was able to meet people, um, talk to them about my business and, you know, get more awareness that way while I was still getting money on the side to help subsidize my W-2 income. And that's what really helped me. Um, now, I did have to do a little convincing with the mortgage lender because they were like, well, this is not, you know, this is not consistent income. But I was like, look, I've been doing it for like two years now. It's pretty consistent. Um, and so anyway, using that as a catalyst to step into real estate as well, I feel like that was instrumental for me and it sounds like for you. Now, I want to get into, you know, you mentioned that you bought a duplex and we've talked about house hacking on here before, but how did you transition from that one duplex to now 24 doors? Like, what did that process look like? Like, it was by 2009 or 2010. What I was doing was I was buying one, moving into it for a year or two, and then turning it into a rental um, because then I could get a lower mortgage rate or a lower down payment. And um, by 2010, I knew that I didn't want to go to another movie theater. I just wanted to build something myself. And it was one a year. And there were years where I would sell enough on eBay to get that down payment, get it in the bank so and get it in the bank long enough that the underwriter's not like, why do you have this random deposit right. of $3,000? <laughs> so I let it sit in there for a little bit. And I just knew... I wanted to build my own thing and I knew what I was doing with that duplex at 21, I could replicate. So I did one a year. And at the time I kept trying to buy houses in Dallas and this is the the low time and prices were super cheap. I just didn't have a lot of money. So I focused on um, condos because they were the lowest point of entry and the other investors were ignoring them at the time. And I was buying like $18,000 condos, $20,000 condos. Um, because I didn't have competition and that was kind of a, my foot in the door. And then there were times as I went on, there was one time in 2013 where I put out an offer on three properties in one day. And like, you know, like when I was bidding on stuff, I'm like, I'm sure I'll get outbid or they won't respond. And all three came back approved, like 
accepted and i'm like well i'm gonna try and figure this out and i bought three three that year in 2013 and like it took every penny of that emergency fund and then when i had to go start and try and fix them i was like man i gotta sell more i was selling tile i was selling whatever i could find at that time to try and get my properties fixed up but that was what it took and you know what I really wanted a new car. I had never had one. And in 2010, I was like, I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to buy this car. I'm going to buy this car. And I bought a condo for 14.5 or I could have bought this car for 14.5. And I decided I'm going to put new tires on the car and I'm going to buy this car or this condo for 14.5 because it'll pay for the car in the next two or three years. So when I did have that car payment, which I bought my first new car in 2013, I had that condo money coming in from that 14.5 in 2010 and it really did. It paid for my first new car. So I think you have to look at it that way. A lot of us want to go run and get new cars or new shoes or new this. What can I do to get it without paying for it? And we were even talking about this when we were warming up. Like there's a lot of times where I'll wait for the stores to do the certain sales and they'll bundle and give you a bunch of free items when you buy this item. So buy the item that I want and then I sell off all the free samples and the free items that they give me and that usually pays for my item that I'm buying in the first place so I think being creative is important and a lot of people are like nah I just want the Chanel it it takes work you know that because you've done it you did Uber you did Lyft Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it takes me time to put it in an envelope go down to the post office and mail it but it's now paid for my free cologne that I'm wearing for the next year. Right. And, you know, funny story, since we bought up before we hit record, he was like, oh, I just made some money. I just sold one of the colognes from, you know, the freebies. I did. I, I sold a Dior for 25 bucks and that was a free bottle of cologne. So See? after shipping and everything, my profit's probably 15 $16 on it. I'm good with that because I know I bought two colognes with it and that's going to pay down or take off of what I paid on those two colognes. So, and they gave you a lot of free, like I call Black Friday, the samples that you get from the different stores or the freebies are like the Super Bowl of freebies. Mm. Like you wait all year for these bundles and I go to all the big stores like Saks and and Ulta and all these different um, department. Neiman Marcus is another one. They have a lot of really good freebies and people are, you know, people will say Black Friday is a scam. Yes, but if you know how to work it, you can get a lot of great stuff. Right. So it depends on how you work it. Are you buying junk that you don't need or are you buying stuff that you can potentially make money from? And that's one of my favorites on Black Friday is all the freebies I get when I buy certain things because it can literally carry me through the year just buying a couple items Black Friday and... um those freebies, they add up over time. You're making $16 on one and you get a bag of 17 of them from one purchase. It, it adds up. And see, nobody talks about that side of Black Friday. I never even heard of that side of Black Friday. So thank you for sharing that, Jim. <laughs> you got to know where to go. And then when you pair it with like the cash back sites, oh man, it's like they're paying me to take this sometimes. Now you have to have patience. It's not like today I'm, I'm paying off that cologne, but I just... You know, there's $16 off of it right now. Then there's some cashback that comes through. Then more items sell. So I think it's a, even with real estate for me, it's a buy and hold long-term game. It's not a, I don't like doing the flipping. I've done it a few times over the years. And 
one of the last times I flipped, I made 29,000. And I remember sitting there at the closing table and I'm signing the paperwork and I'm like, man, this guy's going to make $11,000 a year for as long as he owns it. And I did all the hard work. I ripped out all the plumbing. I did this. I it's pretty right now. Um, and I'm like, why am I doing all this work for 29,000? Like, so I'm a buy and hold investor and for eBay and resale, I have a tiny presence on Amazon. It's not going to be tomorrow that this item is going to sell, but hey, right now I just sold one item. I'll ship it out tomorrow and that's $16 in profit for me for the next thing that I can funnel into savings, that I can funnel into whatever my next project is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I will tell you, you have inspired me tonight because I'm just like, I want to go start selling stuff now. Um, But with that being said, Tom, you've given us so many gems and we don't want to give it all away for the people. But if people were interested in finding out more about you, following your journey, getting more tips and tricks, how could they find you? So I'm most active on Twitter or X, um, and that's where we found each other. But my VA DM me today and she's like, do I still work for you? And I'm like, yes. Um, So she's going to start editing my videos over TikTok and Instagram. My name is the same on all three. It's at the Frugal Gay 11. And it's because the Frugal Gay was already taken, (laughs) not because there's 10 others. So I'm most active there. Also have coaching up on my website on the Frugal Gay. So you are welcome to DM me on any of the three. I'm just slow to respond on certain days, but I will respond. Yes, because you're cashing in on eBay now. <laughs> yeah, I'm packing up the the sales. Right. <laughs> No worries. I will make sure that I have all of your links in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that, definitely go check those out. Thank you so much, Tom. This was such a joy. And I'm so glad that I got to learn more about you, your story, and just put more behind the person I know on X. Thank you for having me. I love having conversations with you every time I run into you. It's a treat. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.